When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy coming at you with another fun podcast episode. I just wanted to jump on and introduce this episode. I bring my brother Mark back on. I do sound a little tired because I was up from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. watching a a pig picking, watching a a pig cook on a big grill and uh, had to do my shift. So anyway, sounding a little tired, but we're still getting it done. And it's always a good time. So uh, today I bring Mark on as a guest. Mark recently uh, did a project where he demolished a parking structure. And there's some elements of demolition that I wanted to bring Mark on to talk about because not a lot of people get to experience demolition as part of their career paths or just experience what goes the level of detail that goes into demolishing something. And so I wanted to bring Mark on, talk about his project, uh, issues that he had, codes that need to be followed, and all the things that you can check out or need to check out as an engineer as you d- uh, develop a demolition plan. So anyway, with that, uh, Mark is a great guest. I bring him back frequently as a guest on the show, and uh, it's always a good time to talk to him. So we're going to talk about demos today. I think you'll really enjoy it, and that's going to be coming right up after this. All right, what is going on, everybody? Mark, welcome back to the podcast. How's How's life over there? Great. It's good to be back with you, bro. Yes, always indeed. Fun. Always fun. Mark uh, Mark gets a lot of experience out in the field, so it's always fun to bring him back on and talk about some projects he's been doing. So uh, today we want to talk about demolition. So it's going to be a fun topic as we talk about demolition. Mark recently had a project where he did that. So um, Mark, why don't you just take us through kind of high level what the scope of this project was that you did and and as we talk about demolition, these are just some good pointers as, for other engineers that may consider uh, this is, you know, when it comes across their plate to do demolition work. But high level, what's the project you worked on and what happened? Yeah, so hopefully um, you can get a little feel for how demolition works. Now, this isn't uh, a huge uh, demolition project. I think a lot of times when we think of demolition, we think of that footage that we've seen on the news where they, Mm-hmm. They maybe bring down a big tower, right? And it implodes and it kind of collapses in on itself and to a lot of fanfare and spectacle, right? And the news is there and it makes a big crashing sound and probably expect yeah. something bad to happen. Yeah. And while those are those are kind of cool uh demo projects, uh I guess more more visual, more more coverage, more attention is is paid to those types. Most of them are pretty simple, you know? Right. Um, and that's what this this project was was for me. It was fairly straightforward. We were hired by a uh, an office complex uh, property owner to replace an aging uh, parking structure that was built in oh, 1981-ish kind of era, era. And what they used 
was a type of construction called precast construction, which is uh, you know pretty common these days. Um, and what they what they used for the primary um, structural component for the suspended slabs is what they call a double T, long span double T. And it's basically a uh, kind of a double beam structure that they precast offsite. And then they bring in, uh, once the footings and the foundation walls have been constructed, they come in with these precast double T's and kind of lay them out with a crane and put them all into place and after you've laid them all out then voila you got a you got a nice parking deck to park park cars on hmm. and so this deck had uh been in service for about 40 years which is you know not bad it's a good life yeah it's a really good life for parking structure but um there'd been some corrosion uh you know this project is in Salt Lake City and um, we get the de-icing salts on the roads, right? And what does de-icing salts do to concrete and reinforcement? Just beats the crap out of it. It beats corroding. The, mm, yeah, you got issues. It beats the crap out of it. So it was, it, it was kind of falling into disrepair. Um, the property owners get new tenants, and they were concerned about the. And then on top of that, do you remember our uh, five point six magnitude earthquake that rolled through? Oh. Salt Lake City. Yeah. So right when COVID was kind of hitting and people were working from home, Salt Lake had a nice earthquake roll through too. Um, you know, a lot of people thought it was kind of the end of the world at the time, which most of yeah. the world thought. But yeah, yeah, we had a pretty good sized earthquake and um, there was a lot of damage too. There was. And a lot of our buddies in California are probably saying, you know, big deal. <laughs> 5.6, whatever. For us, it was kind of like, whoa. And, and you know, along the Wasatch Front, we're capable of some pretty, you know, sizable seismic events. They um, keep predicting the big one coming. Yeah. So. We just don't get them all that frequently. But anyway, so that, that seismic event kind of exposed some more of, um, I'll say, the structural um maladies that this parking structure was suffering from we we yeah. got, it suffered a little bit of damage some of the connections uh got shaken they were cracked um so the parking the structure company, needed to come down did the the did the ownership um have you guys come and do an assessment on it or like what was the reason why they even investigated replacing it in the first place? Was it customers? Uh, was there parking tenants that expressed concern? Yeah, and that it was kind of parking. A lot of it was uh, originated from the owner himself. I don't know if that if that came from uh, complaints from tenants, but the owner recognized that there was a problem. Got it. Which uh, is kind of the way it should work. Uh, owners of properties like this should be doing their annual maintenance and, you know, uh, looking at things. And so he, he recognized it as a, as an issue. Okay. And so that's when he approached us and then we looked at it and said, yeah, you got a problem here. <laughs> yeah. We can, uh, we can price a, a full removal and replacement and here's our, here's our money for, or here's the price for our services. And he accepted that and we were off to the races. And so, awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of the background story. Now, um, 
So we did this uh, a week ago today uh, where we did the demolition. Now there's a lot of preparatory work that has to go into um, design work, uh, permitting, um, structural analysis that has to go into um, into effect before you even start demolishing anything, right? So our Makes first sense. concern, yeah, our first concern is to look at the surrounding. We we kind of have an idea what the what the structure is doing, right? We we realize there's a problem. We understand you know where the the structural deficiencies are so we know the building's got to come down so now we start looking at the surrounding areas um, most specifically um, the adjacent office building right when you're bringing down yeah. a building that's connected to another building you have to start worried about or worrying about shared uh, structural components um, those are usually shared vertical components foundation walls uh, shear walls and those those kinds of things. Um, luckily for this project, we had completely separate structural systems that uh, were were pretty pretty well separated. So they kind of shared uh, a common foundation wall, but that foundation wall had what we call a corbel that kind of stuck out from the foundation wall to kind of receive these these structural precast double T's that I'm talking about mm -hmm. uh, so that they had a spot for those to bear on. Those are actually just bearing on the foundation wall that was shared by the office building. And so we could see that there was that separation there. And then with a few uh, saw cuts, we could make a full separation. Um, and then we could peel those double T's uh, away from the building and not impact uh, impact the building, the foundation wall. That sounds like a lot of preparatory work on this when you're getting yeah. ready for a demo. You can't just go out and demo stuff. Um, did So I'm just curious, so is this other building owned by a separate owner that it was connected to, or is it all the same ownership? Same owner, although okay. there was a structure to the north. Uh, this was in uh, downtown Salt Lake City. So it's not like a, a huge, dense urban environment like you might see, you know, like, I don't know, downtown Manhattan, you know, New sure. York, of course. It's a little more spread out than that, but <clears throat> there's still to the north, to the west, to the south, there was there was a lot of uh, nearby structures um, that you got to worry about impact. And so what we do is we actually set up little seismometers to monitor the vibration and stuff too. And that this, everything I'm talking about too is part of what we put together as a demolition plan mm -hmm. that we have to submit to the municipality. And we're trying to adhere to IBC uh, chapter 33, primarily in our, in our uh, analysis. Sometimes when you're close to pedestrian areas, you have to provide pedestrian walkways and um, and little structures that protect that can protect any passersby pedestrians. Makes we sense. were actually on the backside of a, a property. So <clears throat> pedestrians weren't, a, weren't an issue. It was just monitoring adjacent structures, which there's some, some homes, some apartment buildings in the surrounding area. And they're actually older, older mm -hmm. structures. You know, most of that stuff I would guess is, you know, circa you know 1930 
as far as wow. they were built old. Yeah. And so our overall demo plan has to consider all of those adjacent structures and how we're going to protect them and how we're going to monitor our vibrations and those kind of things. So we actually set up little kind of seismometers to make sure that that we're not exceeding allowable tolerances for uh, for those adjacent structures as we as we do our demo. So that's part of our overall demo plan. So you mentioned um, IBC as a code that you used as kind of a guideline. Is there any other codes that you um, adhere to or look at when you're demoing? Yeah. So um, most of the other codes that I, I get into are structural codes that help me with kind of the forensics, right? Because I, as part of our demolition, I have to put demolition equipment. Um, in this case, they're, they're little uh, mini excavators with jackhammers, hydraulic jackhammers that are attached to the end of the arms. Hmm. Um, and that's the equipment that I have to put on there. And so to assess whether that equipment can be supported on an old structure, I've got to have some kind of idea what that old structure is capable of, of holding up, right? What kind of loads it's capable of withstanding. So <clears throat> I, I, I usually follow, uh, there's some AASHTO guidelines for bridge work that I, that I follow, but um, in the National Precast Association, um, you can do some uh, investigation on the way they used to uh, prescribe uh, the design on old precasts because I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any uh, contract drawings for this project. It was built back in 1981, and you know nobody has those on hand. They're just they're just wrong. Some they had some physical drawings that they they weren't digitized and they're gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think every company goes through a little bit of that. So, yeah, when you get projects that are this old, there's just where are the drawings? Nobody's held on to them. And a lot of times it's just because the company that built this structure probably had them and then they maybe they moved it, went out of business and who knows where they went or sometimes or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes the municipality might have them on file, but that's not always the case. So, so what I have to do is kind of get an idea what these structural tees are, are worth as far as loading goes and, and then assess whether I can get a piece of equipment on top of it. And that goes into our overall demolition plan, right? Interesting. So we're trying to build this, this demolition plan and, and we're making all these assessments. And, and so that's a, that was a big consideration. In fact, initially we were going to try to put a, a bigger excavator with a bigger uh, jackhammer on it hydraulic hammer but those big ones i mean they can weigh in excess of seventy thousand pounds and um, um, mark have you done a lot of demo projects in the past is demo um a regular thing it doesn't seem like it's um done as often uh i it's not as common as you know typical new construction yeah right. for sure and and usually demolition isn't on a more, I'll say, a more complicated structure like we've got here where we have actual suspended slabs and suspended, um, some kind of suspended structure. Um, and I would say bridges fall into that category as well. But um, they're usually just like, you know, single family homes. 
<clears throat> and right. stuff that, you know, you got a new highway that's got to go through an area and some homes have been, you know, bought by the local DOT as part of their right of way uh, process. And then they're going to knock them down. Well, there's not much risk uh, in those taking those structures down because they're single family homes. I mean, a, a track hoe with a bucket can take a few swipes yeah. at that structure and knock it down. And as long as everybody's out of the way, it's not a big deal. So uh, for those that are going to be watching this, because we will post this on our YouTube channel, we will have a video. Mark showed a video of those uh, of crew members de demolishing this structure. And um, for those listening to it, um, Mark's done a great job in trying to describe what you're what we're going to show you. But if you get a chance to jump on our YouTube channel, definitely go check it out. We'll show some video of the actual demo uh, that Mark took. And um, I'm just curious, Mark, as you. You were out there inspecting this stuff. Um, were there any issues that came up um, as you were inspecting things? What kind of things were you looking for um, as part of yeah. the demo? So uh, once I had my demolition plan put together, right? So I had gone back and I, and I assessed, okay, this is what I think these structural tees, how much load that they can, they can carry. I had determined that uh, a typical excavator was too heavy for these things. So I, I came up with, or our team came up with using mini excavators, which hmm. are only 21,000 pounds each. And um, I estimated that uh, the shear capacity on these double T's, we had plenty of shear capacity to support um, a mini X, right? So that's that's what we decided to go with, is just a couple of mini excavators. And you'll see that on the video. And... Part of my demolition plan was to have those kind of at the edges or um, at the, uh, yeah, at the edges of the beams, the two ends of the beams where the shear capacity was the greatest. That's where I kind of wanted these uh, mini X's to be confined as far as how, how far away they were, they were drifting or traveling from the edges just to minimize the amount of moment that I was inducing into these beams. That's amazing because I think when you're watching the video, people might be thinking, well, it's this, you know, this isn't a huge um, demo because you've got this small excavators out there. But really, you put thought and engineering into making that a decision. Yeah, because this. I've got I've got crew members that are on top of this thing that they are tearing down. Yeah. Right. And so it's almost like they're undermining the supporting structure that's actually kind of. <laughs> that's holding them up, you know, and it's dangerous. If this stuff comes down, you know, the whole, not only we losing equipment, which is, doesn't matter in, in the face of losing somebody's life, you know, that's, that's oh, what yeah. we're really worried about. And so it's very easy. <clears throat> um, and you'll see in the video, there's, there's, uh, I mean, as these guys are chipping these, these structural members apart, they're always bearing on a sound, uh, structural T that they're not, they're not, uh, demo demoing. Right. So they're standing on a, a structurally sound double T and then they're reaching out and breaking apart, uh, the one that's like right next to it. So you're worried about, um, those tracks and the load from that mini X just being on a sound structural double T or they can, they can basically undermine their supports. Right. And, 
Off they go over the edge. Were these all items that you hit in tailboard meetings and uh, discussions with your crews, obviously, before they get out and start tearing this stuff apart? Is there other details that you had to go over to make sure they're safe? Yeah. Well, so I I get my my demolition crew. We have a a pre-construction meeting or pre-demolition meeting. And we just discuss uh, what the game plan is here. And so I've got experienced superintendents that have, this this job was kind of relatively easy for them. My guys are used to taking down um, bridges that are over, you know, major highways. Um, I-15 is a major corridor in, in Utah, Salt Lake City area. And these guys are used to taking down bridges and they have to do it um within one night you know um where they start maybe at you know nine o'clock at night and they have to have the bridge taken down by six o'clock the next morning or we and we get severe uh penalties imposed on us yeah from from udot if we don't get it down in time and and so morning traffic can pass by and so these guys that i've got are used to working under the gun like that and so this one was actually kind of a nice reprieve from that because we had, we had, yeah, we had all the time in the world we needed to get this down. Right. There wasn't any I-15 traffic that's trying to pass underneath this thing. It was just, let's just get it down safely. Make sure nobody gets hurt. Make sure the neighbors aren't too mad at us for making all the noise, you know, that's great. Yeah. And we'll be done. But, but before we started, yeah, we sat, we all sat down and we created a general plan. And then my job was to uh, make sure that the engineering right was going to work, make sure that the the loads that were going to be supported were going to work, and then dictate what those parameters were, were as far as the equipment movement, what those parameters were, uh, given the capacity of those double T's. And then, um, yeah, and then we created a set of drawings and we had a, a little bit of a write-up that we had to explain to the municipality of how we were going to do this thing. And we got it submitted and boom, um, they approved it. And then we were ready to go. So uh, just a follow-up question then is, um, you know, as you're preparing this, what stage do you get public awareness involved? What what did you have to do to get the public at least informed on what you're doing? Yeah, so there, there's actual uh, firms, uh, companies that specialize in public information and distributing public information, um, and we utilize those guys a lot um, in on our bigger projects. On this one, it was small enough that we kind of felt like, you know what, we can just go door to door to all the neighbors and just kind of explain to what's what's going on, and we had help from the owner of this project too because. He knows, uh, at least he knows better than we do, the neighbors and so those that may be sensitive to what's going on. And uh, we just kind of blanketed the area with, we had a little informational, you know, flyer, a, a letter that just we were given to people that was explaining what was going on, when we were going to start, you know, how long they could expect the the process to take, you know, and just those kind of things. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be noisy. You're going to be disruptive on this Saturday morning, you know, and then throughout the week, we're going to be rubbleizing all of the, the beams that we've dropped. So there's going to be some more noise, you know, and that, and that goes a long way. Isaac. Yeah. when people know what's going on, they tend to be a lot more forgiving about, um, you know, about tolerating the, the impact 
the inconvenience or even issues that come up they know why what's yeah. going on so yeah. i know i i appreciate being informed when stuff's going around just around my house so i imagine it's the same as you scale that up so yeah so anyway so when when i went there to to do my inspection you know i was just basically because my guys they get their heads down working sometimes and sometimes it's easy to forget you know, oh man, I'm I'm getting this excavator maybe a little bit too far in the middle. Uh, Mark was didn't want me to quite that far towards the edge. You know, I got to come back. You know, and so my inspection was just to kind of make sure that things globally were gotcha. were being followed as far as our plan was, and and the guys did great. But I'm telling you, man, it was it was an exciting thing to witness because I was up on that deck a few times and it was bouncing like a trampoline. Ooh. I mean, those. Those hydraulic hammers get going, and they they push down into the uh, the double T that's being demolished. Well, that obviously there's a reaction there, right? And it pushes oh. back on the machine, and then that loads the double T that they're sitting on, and that constant variation in load and then release. I mean, it gets that deck just. I mean, I felt like I was on. Yeah, it was kind of exciting because you never. You're gonna you know, you think of, yeah, you think of parking in like a parking structure or something, it's usually not bouncing, you know, and if it is, you're worried about it, but this was just, it was exciting to be up there and I feel that so. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the other thing I was looking at was the adjacent structure. I was making sure that the, the separation between the double T's and the office building you know, the, clean and good. yeah, it was nice and clean. And there was a brick veneer that was on that building that we were trying to protect, making sure that there wasn't any damage going on with that. And yeah, just kind of making sure that our plan was being followed so that, uh, that's good. We didn't have any incident in, incidences. And so it, it went well, the, the guys did a good job, but it was exciting yeah, to see it come down. Well, I imagine it's pretty tragic if you do find stuff that that is an issue. So it's, uh, I'm happy that you were able to keep things going and everything worked out just as planned. So that's perfect. Yeah. Worked out great. And um, like I say, it, it wasn't a big demolition plan, but it was just, it was one that's not, I wouldn't say it's typical, right? I'd say right. more of a single family home kind of a dwelling demo is mostly what we typically see, but, but it had enough, um, I'll say complication to it that made it interesting. And, and then to see what's cool. And, and this is cool about engineering in general and why being an engineer is kind of a cool thing is you can see the practical side of your, your design, right? Your, your thought process, your planning, your calculations, you can see them being executed and you can kind of witness whether they work or not, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's satisfying to me. And so, that's that was cool about this little project. Yeah, that's uh, that's always satisfying when your calculations and things work out, and um, that that that's a great thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's a little nervous because your calcs, you know, could be protecting the lives of <laughs> oh yeah your guys, right? You're you're basically predicting that their equipment that they're going to put on that deck is going to be it's not going to overload the deck. Yeah, there's a reason why you have a professional license. Yeah. And um yeah. you follow the rules. So and the guys, you know, my guys trust me and, and it's it's good that they That's do. Great. But, uh, it it does come with that, you know, level of responsibility that 
you gotta you gotta make sure you got uh, everything covered. Make sure you yeah, know what you're for doing. sure. Uh, well, Mark, this has been a fun episode. Is there anything about this project or demolition in general that uh, you want to touch upon? Well, uh, I would just say that uh, it's not anything to be uh, afraid of uh, as an engineer. It's just um, something that uh, you just need a little experience with, making sure. Um, you know, I have I've had guys uh, that have I didn't jump into my first demolition plan, you know, cold turkey. I had people that helped me understand all of the variables and all of the the angles that you needed to look at and consider. And so um, so that I got, you know, comfortable with it. But I, I would just say that uh, it's nothing to be nothing to be scared of. Um, it's if you boil it all down, it's just it's just structural engineering. It's just making sure load paths are uh, taken care of. Uh, and it's, it's, it's almost like reverse engineering, you know, instead of constructing mm -hmm. something, you're taking it down, but the same structural um, principles, you know, still apply. That's um, great. So it's nothing to, nothing to be afraid of. And in fact, it's, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be a good thing to put, and on your, not the resume, but just your job, whole job experiences, you probably need to experience that. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of the more exciting things that you get to experience in, in your career is demolition. It's kind of cool. That's so. great. Well, Mark, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for explaining the project and kind of going over some demolition stuff. I think uh, if you're headed towards a structural engineering path, um, definitely you're probably going to run into this. So hopefully there's some tips here that you can uh learn from or just incorporate in your own engineering career so mark yep. thanks for jumping on again you bet all right see ya okay see ya